and we haven't seen some of those folks for geez a long time so we were able to fellowship with them and and just kind of catch up on what's going on in everybody's life and from what I understand from both uh, Sister Martha Garcia and Brother Javier is that there's some of them that are planning on coming up when Brother Javier comes up here so we probably have some other visitors from Colorado with us at that particular time so that's something to look forward to Amen. good fellowship and, uh, and of course the ministry of God's word Amen. And I suppose everybody's waiting to be dismissed to their Sunday school classes, eager to learn, eager to get in God's Word this morning. Okay. Okay, did everybody hear that? Okay. I don't want to hold you uh, too long because everybody looks just so excited and just ready to go. <laughs> But they're, you know, that's just, amen. So I guess with no, no further delay, we can let the younger generation go to their Sunday school classrooms. Adults can stay in here. Remember, just the people that need to be in there need to be in there. Nobody else. We want too many. We don't want too many people. Hallelujah. Praise God. Put this right here. And the rest of us will stay in here. And we'll, we'll do our own digging. This morning. Last week we talked about the significance of the numbers 1, 3, and 7 pertaining to the feast, how they all kind of fit, and, and just the basic, does anybody understand the term, uh, they, uh, as far as like uh, approaching scripture and understanding scripture, of course this is, these are uh, Theologians that come up with these rules, uh, what they call humanetics, uh, humanetics, uh, as far as approach to the Word of God, and using certain rules. Of course, our rule is this: we use Scripture to interpret Scripture. And and when you when you get into the Word of God, of course, when we talk about the reason, the reason why I, I guess I, I want to kind of focus my attention on what I've been sharing with you is this. Um, God has, you know, through his wisdom, and the, war, the way he has structured or the way he has put everything in place as far as uh, not just Israel and their history and, and the Old Covenant, the Old Testament Covenant, but even the New, New Testament Covenant, through his wisdom... He, he basically structured not just the Old Testament covenant, everything that, that pertained to that economy, but even the New Testament, because everything that was in the Old Testament was a type and shadow of what was going to happen in the New Testament. So everybody understand that now? 
I hope by now that's kind of settled in your minds where you, that kind of, when I speak of it, you go, oh, okay, I know what he's talking about now. Okay, so it was hidden. It was hidden in the Old Testament. It was hidden. It was in obscurity. Couldn't really see. You couldn't really see uh, through the types and shadows. You just get a, a picture of what was going to come. But when we take a look at that and we understand it, he did that for a reason. He did that for a reason. Of course, back then, under the Old Covenant, they had to offer up all the spiritual sacrifices, so the sacrifices, the literal sacrifices, all the blood sacrifices, and, and the ones that weren't blood sacrifices, uh, and all this, and the order of service, and even, even the times, not just the weekly, the weekly uh, convoca holy convocations, the gatherings, but even the month when he chose three months out of the year for Israel to, you know, meet and, and gather for the feast of the Lord. Okay, so we understood one thing. One, first month, three, third month, seventh, seventh month. And those numbers work together. They, they all mean something. They all mean something. Scripturally, they all mean something. So, so last week I kind of I introduced that to give you an idea of what, what I mean. And, and when we talk about, uh, when we talk about uh, these numbers and their significance, um, we need to understand as far as, you know, how the scripture uh, basically gives us the, the insight to, to all this. Because God does it so uh, basically we can know, we can understand and, and uh, you know, there'll be, there'll, there'll be no, uh, as far as strain from, from his word and from his will. So we, so we see that that's important. So uh, I want to talk about the number three this morning. I want to talk about three and what it means. And, and last week, when I introduced that, Three represents basically supernatural witness. Does everybody remember that? Supernatural witness. So it's one thing to understand that we need the witness. We need his witness. If we're people of God, we need to have the witness of his spirit. Amen. So in, in respect to that, we talk, we're talking about his supernatural witness. Okay? And basically means his workings, his workings, his wisdom, and his strength that is imparted to us by his spirit. So we have to have, we need to have that witness. Of course, when, when the Lord um, descended upon Mount Sinai, and, and, and just to kind of refresh your memory a little bit, we'll go back there just for a moment in the book of Exodus chapter uh, 19 and, and read, there, be, read there in 19, whoops, in 19 there, and I think it, beginning at verse number 10, and the Lord said unto Moses, go unto the people and sanctify them 
today and tomorrow and let them wash their clothes and be ready against the third day. You notice that these, the, he's talking about the, the time now, the third day. The third day, for the, for the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai. And thou shalt set bounds unto the people round about, saying, Take heed to yourselves that you go not up into the mount, or touch the border of it. Whosoever touches the mount shall be surely put to death. There shall not an hand touch it, but he shall surely be stoned or shot through. Whether it be beast or man, it shall not live. When the trumpet soundeth long, they shall come up to the mount. And Moses went down from the mount unto the people and sanctified the people, and they washed their clothes. And he said unto the people, Be ready against the third day, come not at your wives. And it came to pass on the third day in the morning, lightnings in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mount and the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud so that all the people that was in the camp trembled and Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God and they stood at the nether part of the mount and Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke because the Lord descended upon it in a fire it in fire, and the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mount quaked greatly. And when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder, Moses spake, and God answered him by a voice. And the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on the top of the mount, and the Lord called Moses up to the top of the mount, and Moses went up. So here we see, here we see here, uh, and I, we get an idea of what God does to bear witness when he calls his people and he comes into, you know, their, into their presence. Of course, he descended on Mount Sinai. And, and here we see a manifestation, a manifestation of his presence. And that's something... You know, when, when you think about it, and then, of course, uh, what happened after that, after his introduction and after he, he brought the law, he, he basically brought structure to the people of Israel as far as their worship, as far as their access to him. Uh, they had to follow, uh, they had to follow, amen, his commands. And, of course, we see this again, we see this again. In, in, in the last chapter of Exodus, uh, chapter 40, and you start with verse number 34, it says, Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation, because the cloud abode thereon, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And when the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the children of Israel went onward in all their journeys. But if the cloud were not taken up, then they journeyed not till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was upon the tabernacle by day, and fire was on it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. So here we see that supernatural witness. Supernatural witness. 
One thing we need to be aware of is that the church has to have the supernatural witness of God. We have to have that. That is who we are. We're children of the Most High God. We're children of the living God. So as a result, guess what? Because of that, we have his witness. His witness will be with us. Okay? So we understand that. So as a result of that, you know, right there, you know, as far as him bearing witness. Now remember the number three means that. It represents supernatural witness. Of course, in the Old Covenant, they had it. They seen him descend on Mount Sinai. And after that, when they, when they completed the tabernacle and began to, uh, began to offer the sacrifices and began to, to actually, you know, as far as the ministry of the priesthood, the service and everything pertaining to the tabernacle, there was always that witness there, that cloud by day. And that pillar of a cloud by day and, and then a pillar of a fire by night. There was always that witness. Praise God. So they knew, they knew without a shadow of a doubt that the Lord's presence was with them. It was with them. So we see that. So when we, when we talk about that, when we talk about that, when, when we explain, when, when we uh, come to an understanding of his presence in the midst of his people, that brings into, uh, into place or into understanding another thing about the presence of, a God, of the Lord. Of course, we know his presence is here because the scripture says, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. So, so that is, to me, that is an admonition to alert us to know that, hey, the presence of God is here. How many of you feel his presence in this place? And, and it's important for us to get to that place where we can feel his presence. When we come in like we came in this morning. I feel, you know what I feel right now? After our worship service, I feel like a lot of heaviness has been lifted. Why is that? Because we offered up our spiritual sacrifices. We presented him, them to him. So as a result, what did he do? He accepted them. He took them. He lifted them up off of us. Amen. So now, now we know we can. How many of you can actually tell the difference? Amen. You can tell the difference. Amen. You don't feel so heavy laden. You don't feel so burdened. And see, to me, that is an indication of what we cannot see. It's an indication of what we cannot see. Okay? So we have established this, this very, uh, this understanding that his presence is in this place. Okay? So as a result, what, what is that? When we understand that and, and, we, and we know and, and, we, and we, we said we feel the difference. We feel that difference. To me, it's a sign. It's an indication. 
the presence of God is here. He has, he is bearing witness to us. He is here. Hallelujah. So we see how that kind of, you know, it, 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 it still exists, but even, even in a deeper, in a deeper way. Of course, back then they could see his presence. It was an outside, it, you know, they could see the manifestation of God's presence. It was outwardly. They seen that pillar of a cloud and pillar of fire. So they knew outwardly it was there that gave them some comfort, gave them some assurance that, hey, God is here with us. But here, here's the thing. Our experiences, you, you might say, I wish I could see that pillar of a cloud. I wish I could see that pillar of a fire. But guess what? Here's the thing. Here's, here's reality. We have a deeper experience. Because that presence that they seen, that presence isn't an outward presence that we can look on. That presence is an inward presence that we can feel. Hallelujah. So God bears witness. He bears witness. Okay? The workings. His workings. He's doing a work in us. And we can feel that work. Whatever God is doing right now in your life, let him perform it. Let him do it. Let him intervene. Let him change you. Let him make you into the man and the woman that he wants you to be. Hallelujah. Let that be your witness. Okay? So we understand his workings, his wisdom, his strength. God gives us strength through his spirit. He's not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. So that's what the Holy Ghost will do for us. It will, it will quicken us and it will help us. It will it will strengthen us that we can rise up. So we talk about we, we talk about these things being a sign, a sign, an indication that God's presence is real. Hallelujah. Okay. So so it, it's it's no. Um, it, it, it's it's no uh, mystery, I guess, really, that we are who we are. God God called us. Remember, remember, in in the book of Song of Solomon, I shared that scripture verse in in, in chapter three, in verse number six. When in the in the in the song uh, Song of Solomon, he was talking about who is this that cometh out of the wilderness? Mm-hmm. You notice that question he said. Who is this? Who is this? That's a good question. Who is it? It's the church. Of course, Stephen, when he was, when he was uh, before the before the Pharisees and the Sadducees, that whole council there, he talked about. He 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 referenced Moses, and he he, he called that as far as Moses bringing them out of Egypt, the church in the wilderness. And, and basically, yes, speaking about that, but, but let me tell you something about, about the church. You know, uh, now, now we're looking at, uh, you know, what God has done for us, and, and we are the church. Who is this that cometh out of the wilderness? The wilderness being the world. Yeah. Who is this that is coming out of the wilderness, perfumed 
uh, with, uh, with like pillars of smoke, signs and wonders. Pillars of smoke. Amen. Amen. With frankincense and myrrh. Perfumed with frankincense and myrrh. Listen to that. Perfumed with frankincense and myrrh. Having that fragrance. The fragrance of his spirit. Huh? And with all the powders of the merchant. All those things that accompany his presence. In other words, the signs and wonders. The, the gifts of the Holy Ghost. Huh? And, and the fruit of the spirit in our life. That, that those things are manifested. They're, they're an indication to us. That's a sign that bears witness. That we are his people. Yes. Who is this? It's the church. Okay? And so, of course, I'm just, I'm just kind of like, like, like helping you to, to reestablish what, what I shared a little bit last week. But, but even in Isaiah 8.18, he said, I and the children whom the Lord hath given me. I and the children <clears throat> for whom the Lord hath given me are for what? Signs and wonders. So, so we understand that. We understand that God has given us, you know, he, he's brought us to that place where we are for signs and wonders. Hallelujah. Here's the thing. When we talk about signs and wonders, you, you, you have to ask yourself the question, why is it we talk about signs and wonders? Everything about the New Testament covenant is centered around signs and wonders. You, you cannot deviate from that. You cannot have the New Testament salvation and experience without the signs and the wonders. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and here they are. They're right here uh, in our midst. That's what some of us have to awaken to. Mm -hmm. Our understanding, we have to awaken to. They're there. They're there. They're resident. Here's the thing. Are you ready? They're resident in the spirit that fills your body. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Okay? So, so we see that, okay? Signs and wonders, we talk about them, signs and wonders. One thing about, about when he speaks about signs and wonders, there's things that are there, okay? For one thing, signs are conspicuous. Does everybody know what I mean? Signs are conspicuous. In other words, you know what? They make it obvious. Hallelujah. I had to take down our... our uh, Bringing our church sign the other day because the wind blew it down and I was going to put it back up and I forgot about it. But how would people know that there's a church in this building if, if it weren't for that little sign? Other than seeing the cars. Other than seeing the cars. God always bears witness through signs. I, 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 I always think about the testimony I heard about Azusa Street. And when revival first started there in Azusa Street in Los Angeles, 
and 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 it was during the 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 early part of the revival, and and there were people that were just you know they they flocked to that place in in Los Angeles. They were drawn by the Spirit, and they just began. They they came. They start to see God. So there were people that were fasting and praying there in that Zuzu Street, and all of a sudden, one one particular day, uh, according to Frank Ewart, he said he said. Uh, here comes the Los Angeles Fire Department. And they showed up at that little, you know, it was a livery stable converted into a, a, a sanctuary. And to their dismay, they answered a call for a fire that was burning in that building. But when they got there, they found out, they found out there was no fire there, but somebody seen flames coming from the top of that building. So as a result, they called in the fire department to come and put the flames up. But little did they realize it wasn't natural flames like we see in this world. They were, the, it was the fire of the Holy Ghost. So God always bears witness to his people. Always bears witness. There's going to be a sign to let the world know that, hey, these are my people. This is my church. This is my body. So signs are conspicuous. Signs, here's the thing. Signs lead you in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. You get out here and you start heading west, there's going to be a sign that says, Yankton, 23 miles. Yep. Well, how do you know? Because the sign just told you. Yeah. And, and then you keep following, you're going down the road, you get to Yankton, you get to... Uh, uh, Gabriel, there's going to be another sign there that says Yankton 12 miles. Well, that's letting you know, hey, you're heading the right direction. Why? There's a sign there telling you your destination is only 12, or 16 miles. I can't remember. But signs are there to let you know, hey, you're going in the right direction. Yeah. I, I remember what I was told by uh, several men of God, Brother Javier said, he said, whatever you're doing, Brother Harold, keep on doing it. He said, because the evidence is there. Hallelujah. Because you can see the witness of God's spirit. There's a sign that God's presence is here. So we know we're heading in the right direction. We're heading in the right direction. And of course, signs are evidence. They're evidence. Hallelujah. So, so we see that. We see that and, and kind of gives us that, that assurance, you know, knowing that. Uh, knowing. We're doing the right thing. We're doing the right thing. Everything that we're doing is based upon His Word. Everything is based upon His commandment. His teaching. He taught us. Guess what? Let me help some of you this morning. When you repented, and some of you are seeking the Lord, when you repented, some of you that are filled with the Holy Ghost, what happened when you applied God's Word to your life and you 
sincerely repented of your sin. You asked God for forgiveness. You, changed, you turned your life around to Him. And, and the Bible says, here's the other part of repentance. Bring ye therefore fruits meet for repentance. So when you did, you did exactly what God told you to do. Guess what happened? God kept His word, didn't He? What did He do? He filled you with the Holy Ghost. So as a result of you obeying God's word and his will, he filled you with the Holy Ghost. Okay, we'll get to this later. And you were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, conversion can happen, you know, two ways. You, you can obey God's word. And if you, if you obey God's word, you're going to find out he's going to keep it. He said that his promise is for all, to all those who are even afar off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. For this promise is unto you. Huh? This promise is your promise. But all you have to do is what Peter said. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So we know that if you obey. God is going to. He's going to fulfill his word. Hallelujah. You're going to know. He's going to bear witness to that. Okay? So, and, and this is part of what we call, what we label or what has been known to the church world as the Great Commission. The Great Commission. Isn't that true? Amen. Can somebody tell me what the Great Commission is? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's what he commanded us to do. That's the great commission. Okay? Matthew 28. And, and that's, that's the, the scripture. Uh, Brother Dan just quoted in Matthew 28. If you go there in verse number 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. So he said, all power has been given to him. And then he turns around and this is what he says. I have all power. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Okay? Baptizing them in the name singular. Which we understand, we know is Jesus. Amen. Okay? Jesus is the name of the Father. You find that in John 5, 43. And it's the name of the Son, according to Matthew 1, 21. And it's the name of the Holy Ghost, according to John 14, 26. So we understand that the name is Jesus. Okay? But look what he says. Teaching them... To observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Teaching them to observe all things. All things. Whatsoever I have commanded you. Now, here's the other part of it. Here's the other part of it. He said, and lo, I am with you always. Now, 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 pay attention to that particular part of the scripture. Because, lo, I am with you always. In other words, you know what he's saying? I'm going to be, you're going to have a witness. You're going to have a witness. Lord, I am with you always. I'm going to be with you. You're going to have a witness. 
Hallelujah. So you see that, and then you, you go over there in, uh, in, in chapter 16 of the book of Mark, in the gospel of Mark, here's another portion of the Great Commission, as we call it. But look what, look what, he, look what he says here in the Great Commission. And he says this, uh, beginning uh, with number, verse number 15 in, in, in Mark 16. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs, look what he says. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You see that? Now don't stop there. Do not stop there. Because he goes on in verse number 19. So then after the Lord has spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere. Now look what he says. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. So we see that that witness is there. The witness is there. Hallelujah. It's amazing. It's amazing how we we can see that then and, and and you go over there into uh, go over there into uh, the book of Luke, the last chapter of the book of Luke. And and verse number uh, uh, 46 in, in chapter 24 of Luke thus it is written and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day look what he says the third day and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem and look what he says and ye are witnesses of this of these things and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. He said, "Ye are witnesses of these things." What did he just got? What did he just finish talking about? His death, burial, and resurrection. They witnessed it. They witnessed him being crucified. They witnessed him being scourged. They witnessed him being tried and scourged and hung on the cross and died. His body being put in that tomb for three days and three nights. And then they witnessed his resurrection. They, they were eyewitnesses of that. They seen that. And so they knew, they knew that, hey, this in fact, is the gospel's truth. Death, burial, and resurrection. He overcame. He overcame death and hell. Okay? So they're witnesses of this. And so he says, he says, I want you to go into Jerusalem 
and, I, and he said, I want you to, he said, I send you, and I, and I, behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Go there and just wait until you're endued with power. Well, of course, we know that's God's commandment to us, being endued with power. Being endued with power. You go over there into the Gospel of John, chapter 14. I'll let you go there. Look what he says. The Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse number 12. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me. He that believeth on me. How many of you believe on him? How many of you believe in him? He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall I, he do because I go unto my Father. Ooh. Here's the thing. <laughs> I was just speaking to somebody about this the other day. Because there, there always seems to be, there always seems to arise questions. Well, what about this? What about it? And and look what look what Nicodemus, when he was speaking to Jesus in John chapter three, verse number one and two, it says. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Now look what he says, Rabbi, teacher. We know that thou art a teacher come, come from God. For no man can do these miracles and thou doest, except God be with him. Woo! You're, you're a man of God. You're a teacher. No man can do these miracles except God be with him. In other words, hey, there's that witness. There's that witness of God's presence, the manifestation of his spirit. And that's what Nicodemus said. Hey, I, I know you're a teacher from, from, come from God because nobody can do these miracles that you're doing except God be with them. I understand something. I, I see that. Huh? Without, a, without a shadow of a doubt, he understood there was that witness. New Testament ministry has to have a witness. Hallelujah. If we do not have a witness, we do not, we're, we're not fruitful. Huh? And so that's why he said that. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. Greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my Father. Greater works is going to be on a larger scale. Why? Because there's going to be a lot of them that are going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Is everybody getting that? Amen. That witness. So, so here we see that. Of course, we just, we just read in, in Mark 16 about you know, how he bore witness how he bore witness and, and it was actually fulfilled 
Uh, I just I just want everybody to understand this, okay? And some of you might say, why is he going through this again? And why is he... I know this already, but I want you to understand. I want you to comprehend the, the reality of God's Word. Okay? Acts chapter 1, you read there in verse number 5 and 4 and 5, it says this, uh, and, and, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. So in other words, here comes the Spirit. And then you see there, you see there in verse number 8, it says this, uh, But ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You will receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And look what he says, And ye shall be witnesses unto me. Ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. So we're going to be witnesses unto him. We're going to bear witness to the truth. Woo. You know, here's the thing. I've talked with, I don't know, I, I, I couldn't tell you how many people I've ever talked with, even ministers. And here's the part. Here's the part that some of them, of course, if they're, if they're not in the truth, they will never understand. If they don't understand, if, they, if God is revealing it to them and they refuse to let the Lord reveal it to them, they will never understand. Right. Sad to say. That's the truth. But here's the part that they always get hung up on. Here's the part. Oh, they believe in Jesus. They believe everything that's written in the gospel concerning him. They believe all his miracles. They believe everything he did. I mean, he resurrected. He's not in, his, he's not in the tomb any longer. We know that. That's history. But here's the part they, they just can't comprehend. Oh, it's hard for me just to really understand that God can still perform miracles. Like he did back then. You know why they say that? They don't have the witness of his spirit. They don't have the witness of his spirit. They don't know what it is. They can't comprehend that God is. Let me tell you something. He is. He's still a miracle working God. Huh? And I, and I keep saying this. I keep telling them, well, the Bible says in Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. I said, he has never changed. Hallelujah. I refuse. I refuse. You know what? I know he's a God of miracles because I've seen miracles happen. I've experienced miracles. I've, I've seen miracles happen. I've seen people healed. I've seen people delivered. I know they're real. I've, I've experienced it for myself. You know what? If I didn't believe that, I wouldn't preach it. But I believe it, and I've seen it. I've experienced it. That's why I preach it. Amen. But here's the thing. The church needs to understand 
That's the witness we have of him. And we have that witness in us. Hallelujah. He is the God of miracles. He is the God of salvation. He is the God who delivers. He is the God who heals. He is the God who creates miracles. And I, you know, I, I can do nothing but talk about it because I know that's what the scripture says. Hallelujah. So, so when you see that, of course, you go over there into Acts chapter 2, verse number 1, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. Let, let me tell you something. Here's the thing. Jesus said, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Is that what he said? Amen. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. That's what he said, didn't he? Amen. So, so we understand in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Now here, here we see in the, in the book of Acts, John, I mean Luke is, is, is the one that wrote the book of Acts. And here he is, he's talking about the Holy Ghost. Suddenly there came in came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. So when the Holy Ghost came in, it was like a rushing mighty wind. Obviously, they must have felt the wind blowing. Because, let me tell you something, it wasn't a breeze. He said it was a rushing mighty wind. It came in, and, and what did it say? And it filled the it filled all the house where they were sitting. Isn't that a comfort to know that the Holy Ghost is filling this whole place Amen. where we're sitting? Amen. It came in like a rushing mighty wind. Look what Jesus said about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh or where it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Here we got two witnesses now. Talk about the Holy Ghost being like a wind. So, if that's the case, then we know that, hey, we're right in, in God's will. We're right in the very place God wants us to be, because here we are. The, the word is bearing witness. Woo! So, so we see that. And of course, there, uh, in, 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 we just got done... Um, and, and there appeared unto them, if that, wasn't, if that wasn't all, a rushing mighty wind. I used to have that little, I called it my uh, uh, tunnel fan here. Sit here in, in the summertime, I put it in here because it gets kind of warm and let it blow on me. And that thing's got a lot of little force. But can you imagine something like that, a wind blowing, just kind of creating a little turbulence and you can feel that force? Feel the Holy Ghost. How many, how many of you would like to feel the Holy Ghost? Like that. I remember one time when we first got into the building there in Whitebird, the, the old theater there. Of course, I was fasting and praying at the time. And I, and I was in the sanctuary. I was down there in the front by the altar, just talking to the Lord. And uh, just <clears throat> feeling after Him, just there in, in his presence and you, you know what came into that building 
from the from 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 where the door came into the sanctuary all the way to the front. You know what I heard? It was just you could feel like a wind came in. You could feel them, the ceiling like the like the rafters or the trusses and up in the ceiling they kind of like creaking like. And I felt that hit my back. I went, Woo! I you know I knew it was the presence of God, but man, I tell you what, I, I know I knew I had goosebumps going up and down my spine because it was real. And so we understand that. Now, now here's the other thing. He says this. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. What, what did, here's, here's Jesus talking, I mean Luke talking, and Luke is saying that the Holy Ghost came in like cloven tongues of fire, and it sat upon each of them. Cloven tongues of fire. Hey, hey, hey. That was the early church. Huh? I, I believe they were all out there praying. Like he said, go tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem. Wait for the promise of the Father. Which say it to ye have heard of me. Okay, that's what Jesus told them. Now, now here's John. I mean, Luke saying, Luke is saying this. Luke is saying, cloven tongues of fire sat upon each of them. So obviously, there was a, a supernatural witness of the presence of the Holy Ghost settling upon each of them. That bears witness to what John the Baptist said about Jesus. He said, he will fill you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And so here we, we have this manifestation of God's presence. Here, here's, here's something. I, I've, I've thought about this for, I don't know how many times, I, I couldn't tell you how many times I've ever thought about this. And, and for, for people that want to question what the scripture says, uh, when, when these things happen, it's very evident. God will bear witness because I ask myself the question, Lord, why is it? I mean, if a person believes it should just happen. Yeah. Boom. Mm -hmm. And it was like the Lord said, I've done it because of human nature. Human nature will always say, oh, I don't believe it. Until I see it. Huh? And here, here God is bearing witness. He said, this is a sign. This is a sign that, that, amen, what I told you is the truth. This is the sign that I spoke to you about. This, is, this, this word is, is in, in the scripture. This is the sign that's letting you know that, hey, you're right there. And, and you're right in the place. And you're doing the thing that I want you to be doing. It's a sign. Now why is it that most of the, the Christian world doesn't want to believe in those signs? Well, they can, they can believe in a lot of other things, but they don't want to believe in the signs that God said we're going to be there to help us to understand this is the way it has to be. 
Right. Amen. Has to be this way. Hallelujah. So we see that. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So here was that manifestation of the Holy Ghost coming. And, and, and of course, if we want to get into a little bit detail, remember when they came to Mount Sinai and Moses went up there and that, those thick clouds and the darkness and the lightning and then he went up to the presence of God. When he came back down, guess what he had? Cradled in his arm. The two tables of stone written by the finger of God that had his testimony on there. Huh? But here, now, here, 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 here's what's happening now. Now the Holy Ghost has come in. Now the Holy Ghost, it's not just a tongue-talking experience. Huh? It's not just a tongue-talking experience, but what does God do? He writes His laws in our hearts and in our minds. So the law is not written upon those tables of stone. That was the old covenant. Now they're written, written upon the fleshly tables of our heart. Why? He said, so that ye may know me. So now we have the written word in us. That even helps us to even, where we could even have that much more of a witness to him. Hallelujah. So that's the, that's the amazing thing about that. But amen. Uh, let's, let's continue on here. Uh, in Acts chapter 2, we'll, we'll continue on. So if that, if it, it didn't stop there. It didn't stop there. Of course, we see that what, everything he spoke to them about in, in the Great Commission, everything he spoke to them about, guess what? It, 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 it was necessary for it to be fulfilled. It was necessary for, for it to be fulfilled. It has to be fulfilled. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me tell you something, church. The word of God has to be fulfilled. Hallelujah. So we see that. So here is this experience. Here, here they were. God just kind of, the Holy Ghost fell on all, all them. They were filled with His Spirit. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And here, here comes, here comes the sign. The sign. Here comes the evidence. Here comes the manifestation. Hallelujah. And so they begin to take the message, and they begin to preach the gospel. So as they preach the gospel, you read here in verses 42 and 43, look what happens. It says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. 
Hallelujah. Oh man, I need I I I long and I desire for the Spirit to bear witness. To us, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. The reason why I say that is this. Because if we really want it, if we really desire it, if we really do what the apostles did, you know what they did? The Bible says that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Huh? Amen. And it says, and in fellowship, breaking of bread and in prayers. If, if, we, if we do the exact same thing as they did, guess what's going to happen? God is going to bear witness. He's going to bear witness. There's going to be a manifestation of God's presence. Because we are doing exactly what he commanded us to do. So we're going to, we're going to see that. We're going to experience that. Uh, and we're going to see wonders. We're, we're going to see signs and, and all these things that accompany, amen, uh, the, 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 the preaching of the gospel. You go over there into Acts chapter 4 and in verse number 31 and it says this, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. I, I used to say this to my kids and I say this to my grandkids. We sit there sometimes and when we would pray together and even, even, at, even at meal grace, Ask somebody to pray so somebody would, you know, pray, say the meal grace. And, you, you know, he, he, I, I would throw this at them. I'd say, I said this, did you feel something shake? Did you feel a shaking? They all look at me like, what? <laughs> Couldn't understand what I was saying. Or if I knew they were praying and I come in from the other room, I said, what was that shaking? Huh? And it says, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. Woo! Paul and Silas were worshiping in the in the jailhouse in 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 in, in uh, Philippi, and just worshiping God, praying and worshiping God, singing praises. Guess what happened? Earthquake. Talk about a manifestation of God's presence. Hallelujah. So, so we see that when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And look what happened. And they spake the word of God with boldness. that witness there is that witness you read that in and well let's go to uh, chapter oh, yeah 12 of chapter 5 and it says and by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch but by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. Many signs and wonders wrought. 
Brother Garrison used to tell, he used to say this to us. He said, if we have the same spirit of faith, if we have the common faith, and, and that they did, and if we have the same spirit of faith, he said, that should be the test of our fellowship. And when you witness the moving of the Spirit of God, when you witness the supernatural presence of God, when you see people filled with the Holy Ghost, that's a miracle in itself. That birth of the Spirit. But even that again, uh, even that again is the beginning. It's the beginning of that person's walk with God, their life. Amen. They're walking the Spirit. Amen. So we see that it happens. It's a manifestation. And, and, but, but here's the thing. When, when we experience that, when we can experience those things that we have seen, and, and it's very evident. I mean, it's hard to settle. It's hard to settle for anything less. That's right. That's right. You've got to keep yourself in that dimension or in that area, a realm of the Spirit where these things can be always active in your life. Because if you settle for anything less, you know you're going, you're going downward. That's right. So when you when you when that has become a part of you and, and you experience that, and, and that should be a test of our fellowship. That's why I said it's challenging. It's a challenge to us to keep our fellowship in a place where God can continue to move and his manifestation will be evident in our midst. Where we can see these things happen, where we can see God intervene and God deliver and God save and God heal. Amen. Anything less is not the gospel. That's right. Exactly. So you think about that and, and you see that by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people by the hands of the apostles. Of course, you've seen God use a lot of the brethren, even the ladies, the sisters in the early church, how God used them mightily because they had that witness of His Spirit in them. And, of course, here's Paul uh, in Romans uh, 15. Go with me to Romans 15. And here's Paul bearing witness. Here he is speaking about uh, what God had wrought through uh, his ministry. And, and uh, verse number 18 in, in, in uh, chapter 15 in, in Romans, it says this. It says, for I, I will... For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ hath not wrought by me. To make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed. Look what he said. Through mighty signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, <clears throat> so that from Jerusalem and round about unto Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Look what he says. I have fully preached. The gospel of 
So here he he lays claim and witnesses or bears witness of the ministry and what happened, God basically bearing witness to the gospel he ministered. And 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 you know you see that you see that happening right here. I said that through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God. It's kind of funny because I've heard so many people say, Oh, I wish I could be like Paul. I want to be like Paul. But let me tell you something. Paul wasn't just a teacher. He just didn't talk about... When he talked about the death and burial and resurrection of the Lord, he talked about the power of God unto salvation. Because that's what he said in Romans 1. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation. So obviously he knew what the death and burial and resurrection meant. It was the power of God unto salvation. To him that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. Let me tell you something. He understood what that really meant. So that's why... God can bear witness to his ministry. And we have so many people, oh, I want to be like Paul. But they don't want the, uh, this other part of it. Right. <laughs> I want to be an orator. Well, go ahead. Develop your ability to speak nice, smooth words with eloquence and make it sound really appealing and attracting but you know what he said you know what Paul said he said I don't come to speak uh, the wisdom in the wisdom of man's words but I've come in the demonstration and power of the spirit of God he said that your faith be not in the wisdom of men but in the power of God hallelujah and so many people want to become orators and just oh make it they can speak and they're just so they're slick as butter. Ooh, use all the big fancy words. Ornate the gospel. Yeah, and that's what it is. As we were taught by men of God, when you preach the gospel in its entirety. Here comes the signs and wonders. Amen. Here comes the manifestation. Here comes God bearing witness Amen. to what you have, have just spoke. If any man speak, let him speak as of the oracles of God. Right. Amen. Hmm? Amen. And so it's it's very evident. And uh, you know, I don't know. People people have criticized me many times, and they said, "Is that all you preach about?" It's all I know. Hallelujah. And when you preach that word of deliverance and you preach that word of healing, you preach that word of salvation, guess what? You preach it in its entirety. Guess what's going to happen? Somebody out there is going to get saved. Somebody out there is going to receive deliverance. Somebody out there is going to be healed. We've seen that happen. We've seen those signs following. And every time it happens, it's like, woo! Hallelujah. So, you know, that's something that's uh, 
Wow. Wow. Hebrews. Of course, there's more scripture I got here. I'm going to try to. I got a few more minutes here. I, got a, I have a ways to go, I guess. But we'll get there. We'll get there. Any of you ever sleep with the word of God in your, in your, my, on your mind? <laughs> you, and, and you know what? You dream and it's just, you wake up and then it's like, wow. That's how I woke up this morning. So, so many things. <clears throat> you know, I was pretty occupied yesterday doing a lot of things, but man, the Lord was just speaking to my heart and I was trying to pay attention to that. And it just kept coming and kept coming. And when I went to bed, I, I, of course, I was in the Word and I went to sleep and here, it's just like in my dreams, it continued on. Well, of course, Job said he'll speak to you in your dreams mm-hmm. when you're asleep. That's right. And that's what happened to me last night. It was just like it continued. And I was like, oh, wow. I woke up this morning. Oh, man. I was ready. <laughs> but but look what he says in chapter 2 in verse number 3 how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord it was first spoken by him and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will now Here's something that I kind of have a little difficulty with. When we talk about the gospel and we talk about the power of God, why is it that so many always tend to to want to ignore and not pay attention to verse number four? To me... That is the meat of the gospel. Huh? To me, that's the meat of the gospel. And why is it that we can talk about salvation, but yet we can't talk about that which accompanies salvation? Because it accompanies salvation. Huh? He says, God bearing them witness. God, God needs to bear witness. There needs to be a witness. Both with signs and wonders, with diverse miracles, gifts of the and gifts of the Holy Ghost, according to His will. That's what uh, Solomon was saying in, in, the, in the book of Psalms, Solomon, chapter three, verse number six. Who is this that cometh out of the wilderness? Who is this? That's the bride. That's the church adorned, huh? With the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And so we see that. But we go, uh, we have a few minutes. So let's go quickly back to the Gospel of John, chapter 5. John, chapter 5. You go there with me. And right around verse number, uh, let me see here, 36. Well, Yep. Verse number 36. John chapter 5. It says, He said, But I have greater witness than that of John. For the words, the works, look what he says. For the works which the Father hath given me, 
to finish. The same works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. And the Father himself, which has sent me, hath borne witness of me. Ye have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. And ye have not his word abiding in you, for whom he hath sent him ye believe not. Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. But he said, But I have greater witness than that of John, for the works which the Father had given me to finish, the same works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. Let me tell you something. If the Father has sent us, there has to be a witness. Huh? There's got to be a witness. So we understand that. But I have a greater witness. Hey, hey, let me tell you. Here's the thing. Now, now here's the thing. There's two witnesses. What do you say? In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Is that what he said? Amen. Okay, here's, here's the part. Here's, here's the first witness. I'm speaking to you about God's miracle working power. I'm speaking to you about the gospel of Jesus Christ. You've got my witness. But here comes a second witness. Here comes the Holy Ghost. Confirming everything I've told you. And guess what? He's going to confirm it. Because this is his word. This is his doctrine. So there's two witnesses. You have my word, and then pretty soon you're going to have the working of the Holy Ghost come right along and say, hey, this is what this is what he's preaching about. This is what's going to happen. There's going to be a manifestation. There's going to be a, a confirmation. There's going to be a witness. Does everybody understand that? That's why I say our Holy Ghost experience is, isn't just a nominal experience. Uh, it's an extraordinary phenomenal out of this world experience hallelujah so we see that we see that uh, go with me to Romans uh, chapter 8 and uh, in verse number, in verse number uh, fourteen, Romans chapter eight. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For many, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Okay? Then he says, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. 
So, so when, we, when we experience that, when we experience the Holy Ghost, we understand, hey, you did it just the way the Scripture commanded you to do it. So guess what? God filled you with the Holy Ghost. You spoke in other tongues. God bore witness that you're a child of God. So now you have that life in you. You have it abide in you. So he bore witness to you that, hey, you are his. You belong to him. Amen. But you go there, we'll go to Galatians chapter 4, and uh, uh, I'll try to hurry. I've got a few minutes here, but I'm trying to hurry. I'm trying to get to the, what, I, what I want to bring in here. But Galatians chapter 4, right up to the second book of uh, Corinthians, in Galatians chapter 4, and look what he says here in verse number uh, 6, I think it is. Galatians 4, verse number 6. Look what he says. And, and he says, And because ye are sons, because ye are sons, God sent forth the Spirit of a Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So in other words, here is the witness. Here is the witness. Woo! That's why the devil likes to beat on you and say, oh, you're not a child of God. You're not worthy. He knows what you have is real. Huh? You're not worthy. He's just trying to, he's trying to work on, on your carnal nature. Huh? But don't let him work on your carnal nature. Amen. Rise up in, your, in, in, in the Holy Ghost and say, hey, I am a child of God. That's right. I spoke in tongues when I received the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! Why are you telling me I'm not a child of God? First John chapter 3. This is beautiful. Hallelujah. Verse number 24 in First John chapter 3. This is what he says. In verse number 24, And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him. Everybody see that? Yep. He that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him. If you keep his commandments, you're living in him. Right. Huh? Yep. Dwelleth in him, and look what he says, and he in him. Mm -hmm. So when you keep his commandments, you're living in him, and he's living in you. There's a witness. Yep. Huh? There's a witness. And hereby we know that he abideth in us. How? By the spirit which he hath given us. Yes. So there's a witness there. We got a witness of, of what it is. Praise God. When we are in that place of fellowship with him. Okay? Uh, I got a few more minutes here. Uh, chapter 4 in verse John. Look what he says in chapter 4, in verse number 13. Hereby know we that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he hath given us of his spirit. Mm -hmm. Woo! So we have the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. Okay, now, now let's go a little further. Let's go a little further. You go, you go to John chapter 5, in verse number 6. Look what he says. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. Does everybody see that? Yeah. Now look what it says. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness. Amen. Amen. So he came by water and blood. And the Spirit 
bears witness. Because the spirit is truth. Now, now, now pay attention now. So when, when that happens and we understand what he, he was talking about, Jesus coming by water and blood, he said the spirit bears witness to that. We know that this is truth because the spirit bears witness to it. But look what he says here. And look what he says in verse number seven. For there are three that bear record in heaven. He's not talking about Trinity. That's right. He says the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Okay? These are the attributes. Because he just talked about the Spirit of God bearing witness that Jesus Christ came by water and blood. So the attributes of God, He's a Father. The Word became flesh. And amen. And the Holy Ghost, that's what was dwelling in that flesh. So they bore witness. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost bore witness. Those three bear witness in heaven. And these three are one. Now look what he says. And there are three that bear witness in the earth. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. Now here's the thing. If that's the truth, then guess what? You you have that witness. Because he said there are three that bear witness in the earth. The Spirit, you all have are led of the Spirit, aren't you? You are filled with the Holy Ghost. The Spirit, okay, and the water. Guess what? You were baptized in Jesus' name. Huh? And the blood. You were, when you were baptized in Jesus' name, the blood was put on you. And he said, and these three agree in one. In other words, you have that witness that you... You fulfill God's will. See, that's just the beginning. I'll stop there. I run out of time. Hallelujah. But the Lord is good. Hallelujah. Thank you for your attendance this morning. Thank you for coming to the house of God. And of course, prayer is always at 6 and service at 6.30, so may you have a blessed day today. May you have good fellowship and peace and joy and love. Greet one another. All dismissed in Jesus' name.